The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. I'm Clay Link here on this Friday with Jason Collette stepping in for Todd Zola, who's taking some well-deserved time off. Really appreciate you coming on, Jason. I owe you one. Happy birthday. <laughs> Birthday week to you, by the way. Thank you. Yes, uh, I am now a knuckleball pitcher. Uh, I am in the 49 <laughs> club. Uh, but how dare Todd take a vacation? I, I didn't know he's allowed to do that, considering he feels like he works nine days a week. But if anyone deserves one, Todd does. Yeah, no kidding. I got one last week, and uh, I'm glad Todd got one in before the end of the season. Just a little break because he deserves a little breather. He's like yes. Cal, Cal Ripken out here. And, uh, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much have to step in and, you know, save him from himself a little bit. But, no, I uh, appreciate Todd's hard work on this show all year long. We're going to be doing his thing with the two-start starters, uh, grading those on a zero-to-five scale. We always mention that it's very tentative, but this week even more so than ever. I mean, who the hell knows who's going to be starting <laughs> the final day of the regular season for any of these teams. But we'll try our best. And they'll give us a, a jumping off point for a lot of guys. By the way, on your birthday, Shane Boz took the ball. That was actually on your birthday, wasn't it? It was. That was fun to watch. He got a win for my AL Tout Wars team because I have uh, I acquired him in a trade from Rick and Glenn about five, six weeks ago, uh, hoping he'd be up earlier in September. But uh, I do appreciate the Rays throwing me a, a nice birthday present there and giving us five innings of of Shane Boz. And yeah, he gave up two solo shots and, and I don't know if people watched the outing, but one of them was just ridiculous. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez hit a 97 mile an hour fastball that was above the zone riding at the letters. I mean, it's textbook fastball. The only way you hit that pitch out is if you're like Teoscar Hernandez or like four other guys in baseball and you're mm-hmm. sitting on the pitch. And it was like a one, two thing too. It wasn't like three Oh, I mean, it was just a perfectly executed pitch. But Teoscar Hernandez is just that kind of hitter, and he went up and got it and crushed it. Uh, so you just got to tip your hat sometimes. It's like, damn, that that's just really good hitting. Uh, but he looked really good. I mean, the strike throwing, I saw that uh, stats by stats threw out something. and said it was the highest percentage of strikes thrown by a pitcher in his rookie debut since somebody, since like 1970. It was ridiculous what he had uh, what he did, but that's been the big – Thing with Shane Boz, and when they made the trade with Pittsburgh, the rap on him was, I don't know if he's going to be a starter or a reliever. He's got command issues. 
Uh, you know, obviously they turned him from a low fastball to a high fastball guy, but he has just been filling the strikes on all year, whether it's been Montgomery, Durham, Tokyo, wherever he's pitched. Uh, and you saw some of that in that game there. And hope we get to see some more of that this weekend uh, when he when he should get the ball at some point in this series against Miami. Yeah, you alluded to it, but he was pitching in the Olympics. And it just seems like they always kind of intended to have him play a pretty big role in the postseason. And they're finally kind of getting his feet wet in the bigs. And I did not see that outing. I was traveling, but it sounded like there was a lot of excitement. It sounds like uh, with recency bias, we'll see, obviously, how he does in the postseason. But uh, I already get a sense that he's going to be pretty pricey next year, Shane Boz. Yeah, I mean, it goes – you kind of look at it. Uh, I saw some people, uh, I can't recall names, so I won't single anybody out, but people were like, oh, yeah, the same thing happened with McClanahan last year where you know you saw him come up late in the season and then they bring him up in the postseason and he pretty much pitched low leverage baseball. But I think you know, the difference between those two, and I mean, you like McClanahan as much as anybody else, uh, he definitely had command issues last year. He could not locate consistently, and that's the difference. And, and the outing, it, it's been... We saw it at the major league level, but it's been all year like this with Shane Boz. That location is not a problem for him. So I don't see Boz getting relegated to low leverage work like McClanahan was for the most part uh, in the postseason last year because that's the difference, right? I mean, it, there were times when you bring McClanahan out, there'd be a runner on base, and all of a sudden there's three runners on base because he was adding fuel to that fire. Uh, and so that's really going to be the difference. Uh, we'll see how these these teams manage these teams in the postseason because, quite frankly, uh, some of these teams are crawling to the finish line with their pitching staffs. Uh, and you, I think about Chicago in particular, Dallas Keuchel. I don't think he can uh, – I, I think he's in such a hurry for the regular season to end uh, because t- statistically he's been a nightmare in the second half. Uh, and a few other guys. I mean, look at Aaron Savali yesterday. It seemed like Chicago was like, all right, we want to win the division today and we're going to take it out in Aaron Savali. And then, oh, boy, did they. Yeah, they really did. Uh, one last thing on Boz, and you mentioned McClanahan. I, I like him. Do you think there's a question between who goes first among those two? I wouldn't – I would think it'd be McClanahan, but maybe maybe they're both kind of going just outside the top 100 in those big money, high-stakes drafts. It's it's going to be tough. I mean, the, the the one knock that people are going to look at once the season's over is McClanahan has had a lot of his success built upon facing the Orioles. I mean, I think he's got four wins against them. Uh, obviously, the club won 18 of 19 games against Baltimore this year. Uh, just absurd. I mean, it was like the Glaber Torres uh, factor. Uh, but that's Boz, four, uh, but McClanahan, four of his wins and, and a lot of his good production has come against Baltimore. That said, Baltimore has also been able to hit other pitchers and put up some, put up a hurting on other pitchers. So it's not like, yeah, their record's terrible, but it's terrible because their bullpen is awful. And for the most part, they're starting pitching is too, but they can hit. They still have good hitters in that lineup. Um, we see it with Cedric Mullins, um, Trey Mancini. I mean, they have put up some numbers, but the problem is they've given up even more. Absolutely true. Now, Todd Zola is not in the Rotowire Stake League, but usually on the on Fridays I mention some of the pickups to him, run them by him, uh, and I'll do the same with you here. I, I honestly was kind of hoping to either get Boz or Joe Ryan. I know that was unlikely, um, but I was hoping maybe people would be focused on football and I could maybe sneak one of those guys. <laughs> but Joe Ryan ended up going for 23, so a uh, guy who had – Good amount of his fab left ended up 
shelling that out for Joe Ryan here in this last fab period, by the way. This is we have a 10-day period here to close out the lineup period to close out the season. Gotcha. Joe Ryan, I feel like Boz and McClanahan too, like the hype's getting getting pretty loud here with Joe Ryan. Struck out eleven on Wednesday. It was against a depleted Cubs team. Uh, but do you think the excitement is is warranted generally with Joe Ryan of Minnesota? Yeah, preseason I had him as a as a top two hundred pitcher in the bold prediction series. I mean, he oh, that's right. That's yeah, impressive. I mean, and that, and it wasn't just because he pitched for Tampa Bay. It's like he led the strike. He led minor leagues in two thousand nineteen in strikeout percentage. Thirty seven percent of his hitters he struck out. Uh, and had a really low walk rate. And if you don't know Joe Ryan, go watch him pitch. He basically throws it invisible. He throws a fastball. I kind of compared him to Colin Poche. If you think, remember when Poche came up, same type of well, well um, hidden fastball with a lot of ride to it. Uh, and that's where, and, and he threw it a lot. Uh, but with Poche, command issues, they would give up the home run because they could sit on the fastball. Uh, but same thing with Ryan. He's got that funky delivery slash release where the ball really, really hides the ball well. Um, so I would kind of almost say he's like Yusmero Petit with a little more velocity uh, in that regard because that's how Petit came up through the minor leagues as well as one of the guys that hitters really had a tough time picking up. But Petit has always been like an 89-92 guy. Ryan's 92-95. 96 uh so with that and so it's i really liked him coming into the season i would hope i was hoping he'd come uh to the majors earlier but then going to the olympics that kind of uh put that to the side uh with that but as much as i love the rays acquiring nelson cruz um the price to get him was a really tough one uh because big joe ryan fan uh and he is since he's come up he's done exactly uh you know showed everybody else kind of this is why this this is why Minnesota targeted this guy, uh, and why is like it was great to they paid a price to get Nelson Cruz, so other teams didn't get Nelson Cruz. It, it's typically not the deal you see Tampa Bay make, um, and with losing Glass now for the rest of the year and next year, uh, you know it would have been and Archer's done. You know it would have been nice to have Joe Ryan around right now, but the the lineup needed the help. And uh, it, the team has performed well since then. But, yeah, it's going to be tough watching Joe Ryan succeed for another organization. Yeah, and, man, I, it seemed like they had their eye on Nelson Cruz for a long time. And they finally got a done. Years. They, they, did, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to bring him in forever, it seemed like. Yes. And they, they did finally do it, but it cost them quite a bit. And so, yeah, I'm thinking Joe Ryan, I mean, maybe because it's the Twins and – you know, they're up in the, the Midwest and the cold and the bad team. Maybe people sleep on him a little bit, but I almost feel like he's going to be in that Boz McClanahan range. I think Manoa probably going even higher, probably going like, you think Manoa's going like top 75? Uh, he's been great. I mean, I yeah. when I watch him pitch, yeah, it, it's kind of what's been impressive with him is just how he really attacks the zone. The slider is just disgusting. Uh, it really is a disgusting pitch. Uh, and the way he works up, down, in and out, he pitches. And what's, what's been amazing about him is like, he's been learning made the professional game at the major league level. He has, you know, fewer than 40 innings pitched in the minor leagues. Um, and, you know, he came from a, a decent college pedigree program in, in West Virginia, but he has, he's pitched, he pitches like a 30 year old veteran. He doesn't pitch like a, like a kid. Um, and it's just, it's just great to watch him pitch. Uh, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate when he's, he's been able to shut the Rays down a bunch of this season, but I've watched some other games, uh, 
and when he doesn't get himself in the trouble with some bad location, uh, he can really dominate a lineup. And so it's going to be fun to watch what's going to happen there. You also want to see what Toronto does with their overall roster this offseason, because obviously the run support that Manoa has enjoyed in that lineup uh, it has been fun this year, but next year you would hope that they're going to be home in the one stadium for the entire season and not play in Dunedin uh, and and Buffalo and even a home game in, in Los Angeles as they, or Anaheim as they did this year uh, for right. a makeup game. You know they've had four different home stadiums this year for their games, maybe five. I may be missing one. Um, so it's it's been it's been a bit weird, and I know it's it skewed some of their numbers. Like people look at Robbie Ray's a lot a lot of home runs. Well, he's pitching in a <laughs> he was pitching in some really unfriendly environments uh, throughout most of that. But uh, that's where. I'll be, I'll be interested to see where Manoa, obviously you take the risk of a young pitcher uh, having that big of a, a step up in workload, but that's a big boy. I mean, if anybody can soak something up like that, it may be him. Yeah, I remember him breaking in with that start at Yankee Stadium, and it just seemed like he was primed for a pretty special run, and he's been awesome. I think with health, he'll be a, a Cy Young threat in years to come, and maybe thinking I could get him around 75 is wishful thinking. We'll see. Year, frankly, I <laughs> well the early drafts start what two weeks from now. Yeah, <laughs> what we have starts kicking off some of the off season. You know, way too early draft. I, I'm waiting for that email invitation to come in. Todd usually organizes it. <laughs> yeah, I think Todd's doing one pretty soon. I'm sure there will be others. And yeah, now that I think about it, maybe he's treated as like a SP two and around you know fifty or so, maybe even higher. Well, at worst, we know we're going to be doing something. We'll be doing something in Arizona for the Fall League. Uh, you know, I'm sure yeah, there'll be right. some drafts happening there, so we'll be able to see roughly in about three weeks uh, where he's going in the early drafts. So you are going to first pitch? Absolutely. Great. I was on the fence for a while, of course, just given everything going on in the world, but um, I will be going. So I'm looking nice. forward to seeing you, man, catching up. Yeah, missed you, missed you in July. Yeah, you look great, by the way. You look like. I know you've been like hiking and doing all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Great, great Thanks. look on you, man. I need to. I have been active. <laughs> I just, uh, I just got some new basketball shoes. I'm going to be making my hashtag the return to the hoop court. Nice. <laughs> I sure hope. But um, I picked up last night. I picked up Sam Hilliard mostly because they're at home. The next week or so finally dropped Mike Trout what a galaxy brain move by me to, to hold Mike Trout all year and Bobby <laughs> Witt he was the other guy I dropped this week um that's the weird thing, the Bobby Witt thing. Yeah. I, I don't believe I just, you though because it'd be like I mean I've probably told the story there was the one year where I, I drafted Francisco Lindor as a reserve pick and tout as a reserve and Sat, 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 and I was like, I needed. I was like, I can't, I can't tie up this roster spot anymore. Cut him. Like three days later, he gets oh, called no. up, and there was no talk about that. And even the same thing uh, last two years ago, I was sitting on Liam Hendricks before he got the closer role. You know, he was just middle relief, and he really wasn't doing anything for me. Mm-hmm. And I had it. There was, I was like, I was. It's like I need to look at this area. I don't need, and then he gets and blows up uh, in 2019. So it's just like I get it. Every time now, I can't help but think about those two guys. Every time I'm like, should I cut this guy? Should I cut? This? It's like let me give it another week. And then sometimes mm-hmm. it plays out. So um, I mean, I didn't do anything to that regard. But like this week, I to activate Christian Arroyo, I cut Cesar Hernandez and Adel Talent. I am trying to chase some numbers. Cesar Hernandez uh, did not enjoy the trade deadline because he has been 
horrendous since leaving Cleveland to go to uh, Chicago. Uh, and I just couldn't carry him in the lineup anymore. I was like, I, I'm trying to make up some ground I want to get. Uh, yeah, I can't win AL out, but I could potentially finish as high as fourth. Um, you know, uh, and so that would be nice that, you know, Chris List is probably going to finish second. Uh, and then I'd be fourth. And Ryan Bloomfield uh, looks like he's got a pretty firm hold on third. Uh, but I haven't finished in the top four spot in tout uh, in a few years. So it'd be nice to get back there. So I, I you just got to make decisions right now. And uh, it is what it is. You try. I mean, I like the move of uh, picking up Hilliard uh, with all the games in Colorado, maximize uh, and see what happens. And because right now it all comes down to a bats. I was, uh, I was trying to think the other day, there was a lineup decision I made last week and a guy had uh, or earlier this week, he had four games. He had a Monday to Thursday slot. Uh, and then I benched Yandy Diaz because he only had three games and he hit that three run home run uh, in on, on my birthday. And I was like, you know, I sat him, but like the process, it, it made sense. You know, you're trying to make sure you get enough at bats. One guy's got three games. One guy's got four games. The matchups were equal. And I'm like, I'm going to go with the guy with four games uh, because they both hit high in the line. I forgot the other guy that I put in. It was like they both hit high in the lineup. One's got one's going to get four, potentially five more plate appearances. I'm going to go that direction. Uh, you know, I haven't seen how the numbers find the plate out at the end of the day, but uh, Yanni's been hitting well. And that three run home run would have been nice. Yeah, I wish you could have capitalized on that on your birthday, man. But at least you got to see Boz pitching. Yeah. You know, with, with Wit, I was just kind of paralyzed with fear, as you said, like just thinking, oh, if I drop him, this is going to be the week. Yeah. And uh, probably did myself quite a disservice by, by stashing him all year with nothing. And with Trout, it was just, I mean, the worst, literally the worst calf injury of all time. The longest recovery has to be. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I can't remember unless it was like a completely torn off the bone type of thing. But this has yeah. been. Yeah, uh, I, I an think I saw this thing. was. I think I saw that this was the longest recovery from a calf strain on record. Wow! So that's um, horrible, and I, I don't know how to treat Trout next year. Honestly, I don't know if I'll have him in the first round. I think a lot of people will because it's the greatest player they've ever laid eyes on, and that's the fact for me as well, but the uh, missed time has really added up and this cat is starting to pile up. <laughs> yeah. This is like, you know, the, the calf narrative followed Josh Donaldson for years and yeah, it wasn't even as bad as this one. Uh, Mike Trout has been dealing with behind Hilliard. I also picked up uh, Tony Kemp just for multi-position eligibility, just in case. Uh, Nick Gordon was picked up. He's been running pretty wild. He has been. He's stealing some bags. Zach Gallon was out there. He was picked up. Edward Cabrera. Uh, Andres Jimenez. You got your eye on anybody? I know it's it's pretty late in the game. Not really many needle movers out there. But anybody you got your eye on this weekend to maybe maybe scoop up? Uh, no, not yet. I mean, I've, I've really just been keeping an eye on how the individual categories are uh, in the leagues. Uh, you know, Looking at things, I, I wrote about it two weeks ago saying, you know, September got off to a weird start with the way pitching wins were being distributed. Almost 60% of them went to relievers. Uh, and so I started loading up on relievers. And then that's that's come down to 52% here uh, as we're recording. Uh, so it's, it's starting to even out a little bit more. But that's still low comparatively because in the early part of the season – 58 to 60 percent of wins went to starting pitchers, and now we're seeing an even split um, to that. And so the wins in, in many of my leagues, the categories are very tightly grouped. Like the the tough loss that Brandon Woodruff took the other day, that one hurt. Uh, you know, ten strikeouts, one run, six innings, and he took a loss. And I was like, come on, really? Uh, needed that one. Uh, and then 
yeah, there was the uh, McCullers had a pretty tough loss uh, yesterday. It's like every one of these throughout the season, they're like disappointing. Now they're like really hurting because you look at like, okay, I have 72 wins. The guy in front of me is 73. I'm three points behind him in the overall standing. So if we can make a switch, I'm a little bit closer and you know, that type of thing. So it really hurts to, to stare at some of these because we're just about out of runway. I mean, you said earlier, we got 10 days left uh, and we're already starting to see some of these teams put the reserves in earlier than we expect. Uh, you know, there's there's going to be some hangover next day celebrations because, hey, we clinched the playoff spot. We clinched yeah. the division. And, you know, there was a joke because the other day Cleveland and, and Chicago had a doubleheader and Chicago clinched it in the first. I was like, do you get drunk in between games and then put everybody else? <laughs> How does that work? Uh, Drink it and, in the dugout. Yeah. So I did some of that in high school. Um, but <laughs> So yeah, it'll be it'll be weird to see how much people are going to play because uh, some of these teams they're limping to the finish line. They truly are. Uh, and next week could be just hey, we're going to go out there and get some maintenance work in there, and uh, here's your three or four innings, and that's it. And we're going to use some of these relievers, especially once the the positioning is done. Uh, you know, some of these divisions aren't clinched yet. Home field advantage, I would say by like Tuesday, Wednesday, latest next week, just about everything's going to be settled. Um, with uh, with who's in and who's playing where, uh, so and now maybe uh, you know, all eyes will be on the uh, that Philly Atlanta series coming up. That's going to be an interesting one because Philly's still somehow only two games behind uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like last night was crazy because Philly's had a, were down six runs. Atlanta was winning, and you wake up in the morning and see that the both games went the other uh, other direction. Uh, and so those teams, it'll, it'll be nice because it, it, that's the way it should be. Like you come down to a final series um, and I forget if they have the final three games uh, uh, next week or is it the front half, but those two teams are playing each other. Uh, and that's the way it should be. We, we sh- It's fun to see those things. I mean, we all remember 2011 and how all that played out, uh, which was just fun to watch the final day. I mean, it's good. You can't really make that happen again, but at least you can get one or two series where things are being decided on the final weekend. That's always fun. Yeah, man. This is a, a good time for the game and good to have so many teams in the hunt. I can't believe the Phillies are still in the hunt for – It's uh, yeah, in spite of themselves too. Yeah. I mean, blowing uh, – actually, the they play – their series is early next week. I'm looking at it now. They play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week. Nice. Well, we'll do our two-star thing. Let's first, though, pay some bills and sort of a quick commercial break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. Clay Link here with guest co-host Jason Collette. Really appreciate you stepping in for Todd Zola. And you know we do our two-start zero to five thing, very tentative uh, as always, but especially this week, so very informal. We'll try our best, but um, you know somebody I, for, I gotta have to look up his name to confirm. But somebody did a little uh, evaluation of our two-step grades recently and uh, it was pretty cool but I, I thought it was really interesting that only about 60 percent of our uh two-start hopefuls end up at least throughout this year ended up making that second start so really that uh is definitely a something that i'm going to be weighing heavily at least more heavily next year just that idea that you know i, I just kind of assume that these two-star guys i pick up and throw in there are gonna make that second start but the numbers Really don't support that. I'll have to tweet out that link here. Yeah, I remember day. seeing that on Twitter. I'm, I'm like wondering, is it because of the weather delays? Like, what is the, um, you know, yeah, what's well, the? It, yeah, just a variety of things: weather delays, injuries, reshuffling the rotation. And granted, we do do it on Friday, and you know, by the time you do your fab on Sunday and set your lineup on Monday, we have a little bit more clarity on the situation. But even so, um, that that second start of the week is. Um, definitely no lock to even go down. So, uh, keep those, keep those caveats in mind as we grade next week's the final week of the season's two star pitchers, no two steppers for Arizona, but for Atlanta, Ian Anderson versus Philly versus the Mets. He's been you know, pretty darn good. I had some concerns about his command coming up to the minors. Uh, the Braves need him to uh, pitch well here. He's yeah, I agree. There's, matchup, yeah, I mean, there's I'm nothing. Gonna I, I, I would agree. Uh, I don't think there's anything here to say uh, avoid uh, with him. It's obviously the spotlight's going to be on that big matchup uh, against Philadelphia. Uh, Atlanta's got that two game lead as we, uh, as we're talking today, we'll see where that, where that stands on Tuesday, but there's, there's nothing that I'm seeing that says uh, I'm going to avoid that one. Uh, and he's one of the guys as we talked about the uh, the uncertainty of who's going to pitch what, the fact that they're trying to wrap up a division means he's going to be treated like a regular starter, and that's very it's very uh, attractive. Yeah, I would think among the candidates that we're going to talk about, he'd be one of the more likely to make that second start, unless Atlanta uh, wraps things up ahead of time. But by the way, you mentioned those hangover lineups. As somebody who uh, did breaking news here on the site for many years. 
there are very few things more annoying than the hangover lineups where you have to write out of the lineup notes for all nine. <laughs> um, super annoying. Only thing that was worse is when you know rosters expanded to forty, and uh, you'd have to write fifteen notes per team on guys called up. Yeah, don't miss that anymore. Staggered. Yeah, I don't miss that at all. Yeah. Uh, at least they used to be like staggered. They'd bring up, you know, like six guys initially, then six more a week later. Well, then it was, uh, it'd be, if we had that right now, it would be so problematic because there would be so many bullpen days. Oh, like, we you it would just, it, at least now you have some shot of trying yeah. to roster a reliever picking up a win, but it, the bullpen days would be out of control right now if they were back to anybody on the 40 could come up and hang out in the dugout right now. Yeah. I'm kind of, I know some people are kind of, they don't like that the 40 men rosters in September were done away with but i think it's a godsend i mean not just because you know the lightens the workload for me but i mean that baseball where you have nine pitching changes on some two pitching runners the the third catcher situation i mean i i remember when tampa bay had jonathan davis they brought him up literally to be the pitch runner in september that's all any any work there was one or two games where he contributed uh in that and he was happy there's an interview out there where he's like man i'm in the majors like it was this great interview uh if you could find it on youtube uh but that's all he did i mean he was just up to be a runner that was his skill um now you could argue that's what uh jared dyson's doing with toronto right now i mean i know he started the other day uh but he's pretty much been out there um, as as that kind of runner extraordinaire uh, for them to use. But the other day, they had to put him in the lineup. I mean, I know, you know, I, I don't like that there's fewer jobs for these right. these great players. But at the same time, the, the quality on the field, the product gets so watered down when they did that. And, uh, yeah, too many pitching changes. So I'm glad that we're capped at 28 uh, in September now. But for Baltimore, Keegan Aiken – I don't see any reason to consider him, so I'm going to give him a zero, right? Yep. No uh, no reason to spend another Not just anything else. Point. I mean, the other day, you know, they had a – they threw the shutout against Philly. And it was – you know, one of my best friends is a big Phillies fan. It was just funny just to tease him about that for a while. Uh, <laughs> but and, but John Means, I mean, if, if somebody's going to throw it for that team, it's going to be him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the troubles that Philly has had with lefty pitching uh, from time to time. So – but it, it, the bullpen could just blow anything. And – you know, the, the, one of these starts is going to be against Boston. Boston has, has uh, found its sea legs again, uh, and the offense is firing on cylinders. Uh, and that's just – that could be an, a very uncomfortable matchup because if you're putting that kind of starter out there, um, it's got to be a really – like you really, really need wins. And the probability of them picking up a win at you know, with Boston in Camden, the way that park plays, no thanks. No, not at all. Now – uh, getting back to the uh, the two star grid here, nobody for the Cubs. So uh, next up, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped Boston. Chris Sale. I mean, five and zero with a two five seven ERA. I think he's back into the five range. Pretty, pretty. It's uh, crazy. Easily. It's crazy yeah. how a guy coming off major surgery can almost pick up right where he left off. But yeah, yeah, again, with cool. one of those matches, with one of those matchups against Baltimore. Uh, you know, that alone is a, that alone Baltimore could still hit. I mean, let's uh, the record's terrible, but again, they could still hit. Um, and then the other matchup is going to be against the Nationals, where as long as he doesn't have to face Juan Soto in a, in a critical situation, he should be able to survive that one as well. Uh, but yeah. that one, you would hope at that by that point, Boston has uh potentially wrapped up their future. Uh, they got that big series against the Yankees this weekend. 
um, which should move the needle in one direction or the other. If they take care of their own business this weekend, that makes the final week much easier for them. Uh, if not, then Chris Sale may have to go out there and, and run both those starts, uh, both of them out there. And that final start um, gets, a, again, gets a Nationals pitch around Juan Soto, who's hitting something like 600 over the last two weeks. I saw some tweet this morning. It's, it's, it's absurd what he's doing right now. Um, uh, that's really the only risk you have this week with Chris Sale. It is crazy. And as you mentioned, some of these guys come back and either their command's gone for a while or they're just don't have the velocity or whatever, but he's just come back and been, I mean, like he didn't miss 18 months. It's been crazy. Um, So I wonder, I'm interested to see how he's handled next year. I imagine he'll probably be top three, four rounder in most drafts. Now, again, nobody for the Cubs, but for, for the Reds, Wade Miley, this feels like almost a trap because he's dealing with a a neck thing, stiff neck. You're saying he won't start until at least Monday's makeup game against the Pirates. If he doesn't start that, maybe he's only a one-stepper at the White Sox. So this could be one where, you know, you look at maybe two against Pitt. That looks fantastic, but he's been struggling. Uh, At least five earned runs in three of his last four starts and hurt. So this feels like one where I'm actually going to give Miley only a three because uh, this feels like the one where it could backfire on I'm not even sure if he's usable. I mean, let's say I, I, I'm sorry. Let's be real. Your Reds have played their way out of the postseason. They've been terrible. Man. They have been terrible. And then no, they extend just, David Bell, which I don't hate. But, I mean, they've kind of just. Everybody's getting extended, spot. though. Lavolo got extended. Uh, Brandon Hyde got extended. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, I, but the one manager who hasn't been extended is Dusty Baker. Go figure that one yeah, out, of right? Course. Um, yes. It, so it's you know they've played their way out of the postseason. They had a really good schedule and they just blew it. Uh, so they're five and a half out of the wild card right now. So they pretty much have to win out. Uh, yeah. And this weekend they could let's say they drop two or three to whoever they're playing this weekend. They could shut Wade Miley down the rest of the year. Yeah. So like to me, I can't count on Wade, Wade Miley next week, given the way the Reds have played baseball of late. There's a good chance that Wade Miley has already thrown his last pitch of the season. I'm going to lower mine to a two, and I'm going to mark you down for a zero because it's so. I would I would go zero because when we look at the schedule, they're well, they're playing the Nationals, uh, and they honestly need to sweep that series to stay in it. And if they don't sweep that series, why bother? You know, they'll be six and a half back with like six or seven to play. I'm out. Yeah, I think that's probably you know good advice. We might as well pick somebody else up or just plug in a reliever if you're. If you don't want to roll the dice on a potential goose egg for Miley, which looks like it's a possibility given that neck injury and where the Reds are at in the, the standings. Nobody for Cleveland. Um, looks like they'll, you know, they've been going six man. And so um, no, no two steppers lined up for them. Herman Marquez for Colorado Rockies home against Washington. And then at Arizona, I'm probably just going to give him a four because at this point, even though one is at home, you just got to be chasing wins, right? Yeah, I mean, he pitched. He pitched yesterday, so it's like it. And he, like, if oh, we yeah. look and think back at the other number, about only sixty percent of them made that. Like, he could be one of those where maybe on paper he's a two start guy, but he doesn't end up making that second start because he, he pitched yesterday, um, which Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, which would put him on Tuesday. Yeah, but true. then he would have to. So it's really tough that he's going to get both starts. So uh, for me, it's like. A, you know, whatever the one start is, uh, I'm. A, you said they're playing a lot of they're playing a lot of games at home. 
uh, next week. So that makes it a little, if I look at, as the schedule is loading up, he has the Nationals um, in there. So same thing we said about Chris Sale. Just please don't pitch. Well, actually, do pitch to Juan Soto because uh, it'd be fun to watch Juan Soto hit the ball in Denver again. Uh, and <laughs> go that direction. Yeah, looking at Marquez, he's been pretty rocky lately. Only five Ks his last two starts. His last start was on September 22nd. So I think he would be lined up for Monday, but I, either I way. Pitched, I thought he pitched last night. Hmm. In the game log, I'm seeing it says 22nd. But either maybe way. I was wrong. Maybe, I'm mistaken. Pretty, maybe I was watching highlights late yesterday. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, either way, it's uh, pretty pretty iffy, and uh, you definitely want to don't want to count on that second start, and you don't want to like, go into that assuming you're going to get get that second one from Marquez against Arizona. You'd love to get Arizona on the road, but who knows? Uh, Dallas Keuchel, I'm probably going to give him a zero, even though he lines up for Detroit. <laughs> Actually, he's not a two-stepper. I'm sorry. I'd still uh, give him a zero. He's looked yeah. terrible. Uh, and Detroit can hit the hit well, but Dallas Keuchel, his his numbers, he looked great in the first half. But this is one of the things I wrote about uh, in the collect calls column early in the season, just saying, "Hey, look at look at how some of these managers are pushing these guys like it's a normal season. They're coming off a normal season." Uh, and eventually it's going to catch up with them. That was one one of the ways Chicago was hiding their problematic bullpen was just to ride their starters. And then they, you know, they get Kimball. You thought they'd try to shut it down, but then some of these guys have pitched their way out of it, and, and Keuchel's one of them. I don't know how Keuchel makes a postseason rotation. He's out there pitching right now, but he is like a throwback AL starter from like the mid-80s right now. I mean, he's got a 5.18 ERA. <laughs> he seems like he's been stuck on eight wins forever. Um, yeah, and it's just been, it, it, yeah, every game there's somebody like I'm looking, he has not, he won a game on August 16th uh, and July 9th. He has one win in the second half of the season. Uh, and that's where it's been, I mean, almost limping. So if we go to the all-star break and say, give me the numbers, he is one in six with a 519 ERA. With, I'm sorry, with a 671 ERA. That was a 519 K9. One win, 12 starts. I mean, he and the traffic on the base pass, 75 hits, 25 walks, and 59 innings. Oh, yeah, I saw, I was, you know, editing a note, and I was, saw that his whip's, like, basically 1-5 now. It's just like. And he just faced Detroit. You... He just faced Detroit his last time out and had 12 base runners in five innings. But that's only allowed a... two runs because Detroit was stranding and couldn't drive these guys in. So that's the crazy part about it. Uh, is even with all that traffic, 12 base runners, only two of them came home. I know Carlos Rodon's kind of had some health issues. He's got a, an arm issue right now, but I'm with you. Even even so, I don't see how Keiko makes a postseason rotation. It's just walking too thin of a line every time out. Mm-hmm. Now, for Detroit, Tyler Alexander has not been that bad. He tentatively lines up at Minnesota, at the White Sox. I mean, that's pretty tough, but you know, I could see one desperation – Maybe you throw, maybe you pick up Tyler Alexander for bucks. I'll give him a, a complimentary one on a, on a kind of an underrated season. I'll, get, I'll, I'll let him have a two this week because those matchups could be, um, you know, we'll see what's, we'll see what Tony LaRusso is trying to roll out there with Chicago. They literally have nothing to play for at this point. Uh, they just yeah, have to true. stay healthy. Uh, and so we could see um, as much. I guess the other factor of not having the 40 man uh, expanded September rosters, there's always so much they can do. Uh, you know, they can call up, you know, you, you, you know uh, 
Sebi Zavala. Maybe they bring him back up because Charlotte shuts down Sunday is the final game for the AAA uh, team. So they may be able to swap some guy to be like, hey, you know, we're going to bring this guy up or or this guy finally gets um, optioned down. Like this morning, uh, the Rays brought back Wander Franco and Taylor Walls went back down to Durham, even though Durham, is, their schedule is done Sunday as well. Uh, so we'll see how that we'll see all that plays out, but there's only so much benching they can do of guys. Uh, and so some of these guys will be in lineups, but are they at a hundred percent? Like mentally, if they're just, you know, trying to stay healthy and keep their, keep their reps regular. That's the other thing to consider is, you know, the goal next week for a team like Chicago is don't get hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point that, uh, assuming Alexander makes that second start, that white Sox team, he might be facing, could be, uh, you know, kind of like their B team in that outing. No two-star starters for Houston, but then for Kansas City, Brady Singer at Cleveland versus Minnesota. This is a pretty good one and probably one of the, you know, in 12s, one of the top pickups that I'd recommend for the week because I think I saw on Twitter it was something about Eno Saris' like pitching plus metric, really liking uh, Singer. And you look at mm-hmm. his recent outings, 20 to 3K to walk. Has given up five. He didn't have that five homer. <laughs> yeah, against Minnesota. Homer, yeah. <laughs> that'll that'll do some damage. But at least the uh, K to walk has looked good. You can at least hang your head on that recently. And uh, so I'm going to give him a three. Would you roll the dice on Singer this week? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same. I mean, you said he's got Minnesota and Cleveland, right? Yeah, at Cleveland and at home against Minnesota. All right, so last two were both on the road against those same two teams. Uh, and oh, so right. like he did really well against Cleveland, obviously the five home run game, uh, is, is, was, uh, ugly, but he only oh, allowed sure. six, he only allowed six runs on the five homers. So yeah, that's just a matter of maybe he was tipping something. Cause that's honestly very unusual for him. Cause he had not allowed a multi, he had not had a multi home run game until, uh, since, uh, uh, a game at Yankee little league stadium on uh, June 22nd. So he had done a really good job of keeping the ball in the yard until then. In fact, that is his only other multi-homer game uh, outside of the five homer one was that was the game at Yankee stadium. So I'm going to give him a pass on that. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to take my chance with singer next week. If he's available to see what I can get in those two outings. He's a guy who, because of the poor service numbers, poor, uh, generally poor season. It could be kind of a, a nice sleeper for next year. Before we move on, I hope you'll bear with me here as I bring you a quick word or two from our sponsors. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to 500 bucks on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. Also, the summer is coming to an end, which means 
less than a month until postseason baseball. There's no better place to be than vivid seats to watch your team race towards the postseason, unless you're a Reds fan. So grab your MLB <laughs> tickets, maybe a stadium hot dog or two, and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Even better, they have a rewards program designed to provide real rewards for fans. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game to see your favorite performer or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. And finally, the new NFL season is underway, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. It's good news for me. To celebrate the beginning of football season in Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has a $1 million DFS football contest live. The $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports dot yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. All right, Jason, as we wrap things up here, we'll power through the rest of these tentative two start starters. Nobody for Anaheim, but then Walker Bueller, I guess there's a, a chance they uh, skip that second start, but even so he's a five because you're, you're never sitting Walker Bueller. Yeah, and I don't know if they even skipped the second. I mean, they're only a game behind the Giants. Uh, they don't; yeah, those true. two teams don't play one another. Uh, and the Are they Dodgers only a game have, back now. They're only a game behind one another. Uh, and the Padre, the the Dodgers have the Padres and the Brewers to close the season out. Uh, and so that may be, you know, they may need him to do that. And then the Giants, I forget the the Giants. The Giants have the Padres to close the season out. Uh, and then they have the uh, Diamondbacks. So the Giants have the friendlier schedule, and they have the game up in the standings right now. So that second start could be – it may be for nothing. Uh, there may be nothing the, to be gained there, and that could be one of those where it's a maintenance start for Bueller where he goes out there and gets three innings. It becomes a throw day for him rather than something to to play for. But, again, you're never sitting Walker Bueller. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's – I didn't realize the Giants and the Dodgers were that close, actually. I thought it was – a little bit further. It's kind of ridiculous uh, that, you know, they are, uh, well, Giants have 99 wins. Dodgers have 98 wins. Uh, and it's going to be one of those teams playing the Cardinals devil magic. Uh, <laughs> and the Cardinals could knock one of those two teams out and continue. Cause forget, I mean, the Cardinals are just crazy. Even yesterday they were losing. It's like, Hey, they finally, and then they came back and beat the Brewers. It's it's they've won twelve uh, straight. Twelve, now? Uh, and it's unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> it does make me nauseous. Uh, but the Dodgers remember when we were all laughing. Remember when we were all laughing when they acquired? Yeah. Like, why are they trading for Jay Happ? Why are they trading yeah. for John Lester? Like, what are they doing? Oh, they were just like preparing the Cardinals' devil magic and getting it ready oh, yeah. for September. And here we are. <laughs> I remember saying that to like Todd, like, watch out for the Cardinals. I hate to even like speak them back into postseason existence but sure enough and not 
you know, not saying I really saw it, this kind of thing coming, but I did say, you know, I saw the Reds in that wild card spot for a while, and I said, watch out for the cards. And I just had a feeling that, that sinking feeling, you know, that they were going to come charging into the picture. But I will say, like you said, the Dodgers will do whatever they can next week to avoid that one-game playoff. So, um, But assuming – well, let's just say that they get to the end of next week and they are looking at that one-game playoff. Who would you throw in that? Would you throw Bueller or Scherzer? I'm throwing Scherzer. If you're the manager. You'd throw Scherzer? All right. Yeah, he just – didn't he just get a little rocked? Um, he did in Colorado. That was at Coors, yeah. So. It's the first time he has shown any signs of being anything other than a god um, yeah, since the trade. <laughs> and yeah, it's Coors. You, you don't hold that against him. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you too. I, I do love Bueller, but talking about one of the all-time greats and one of the greats of his generation here in Scherzer. Now, Trevor Rogers. It's been a big hit this year. I mean, only seven wins, but he's been fantastic. Went on the mound. He did miss some time, but at the Mets versus Philly, I mean, that's that's a borderline five. I'm going to give him four. Yes, please. Yeah, he's he's a guy I really like for next year. Not going to be a one dollar end game guy like he was this year, but he'll still, I think, be cost uh, effective. Now, nobody from Milwaukee, Joe Ryan, who we talked about earlier in the show, he's uh, tentatively lined up for two for Minnesota versus Detroit at KC. I think I'm going to give him a four as well. Yeah, I like I like him quite a bit for those two matchups. Uh, and the, you know, they want to see what they have in him so they can uh, you know, continue to see what they have in him. He's obviously debuted rather well. Um, so I'm making sure he's in my lineups this week. I already have him in two different leagues. He's not coming out of that lineup. Yeah, that'd be that's a pretty darn nice two step to end the season for him versus Detroit at KC. Marcus Stroman uh, versus Miami at Atlanta. I I love Stro. Um, I don't see any reason you'd sit him, so I'm going to have to give him a five. Uh, the match. I mean the 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 matchup against the Braves. It comes on the final day of the season. Uh, it really depends if if that whole situation's wrapped up then it, it becomes a better matchup for him. Uh, if for some reason Atlanta needs that to hold off Philly or to uh, or do whatever, uh, it becomes interesting. I, I'm not sitting them for these matchups, but that that it's a good week, but it could be a really good week if Atlanta's got nothing to play for Sunday. Now, Corey Kluber, if you had expectations of him being the old Corey Kluber, you're, you've been a little disappointed, but really on the field, he has not been that bad. This is a, a tough two-step, though. At Toronto versus Tampa Bay, I could see some scenarios where I'm throwing him, but I'm not feeling good about it. So I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a two. Yeah, I was going to say two myself uh, because the the matchup against Toronto is tough. I mean, they're there's they still have a they still have a decent chance uh, where they are at the wild card. They've got to pull some stuff off this weekend too. Uh, you know, when you look at what they've got, they have the. Uh, Yankees and Sox are playing one another, so the best case for Toronto is that one of those teams sweeps the other one. Uh, would be the best case for them, so they could um, hang around. And their Twins, uh, the Blue Jays have the Twins, uh, and then next week they get the what did we say? Uh, drawing that? No, we haven't even got the uh, the Jays yet about who they're playing next week. I'm sorry, I've got they've got the uh, the Yankees uh, and the Orioles, so they have. Yeah, that's right. Could be really nice. It could be really nice for them uh, in that regard. So we've got Kluber facing a very motivated uh, 
Jays lineup in Toronto. Uh, I, I heard they're they're opening up even more attendance. Uh, that could be a really tough matchup. Conversely, at the, the last game of the season, there should not be anything left for Tampa Bay to play for at that point, uh, unless there's an opportunity for them to knock the Yankees out of the postseason. Um, which oh, they, right. they may relish <laughs> or if they look at the matchups and be like, you know what, maybe we do want the Yankees in the postseason. Uh, you know, there's a, a conspiracy theory. The Yankees let the Rays come back in 2011 in game 162 because they um, they liked the matchup. They wanted the Red Sox out of the postseason. Uh, so I don't know. There's it's, it's really it's a, really a tough matchup to me. I'm, I'm leaning like two, maybe a three on this one. Uh, based on the data we have at hand right now. Now, after this weekend series against Boston, that could change. But right now, I'm not crazy about this matchup for him yeah, this maybe, week coming up. Those are two tough ones. Now, Chris Bassett, love to see him come back after that horrible injury. Uh, returned yesterday, only through three innings, but only one hit allowed, four to one K to walk. So you, you're putting him out there, you're not really expecting any wins, right? Because Correct. it's stretched out. Um, it is at Seattle than at Houston. I love Chris Bassett, but again, since he's not stretched out, probably only get only going to give him a two. I, you're probably going to have better options on the waiver wire, honestly. Yeah, yeah, we've 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 discussed some other options, uh, but yeah, that's the stinger. problem here. Depends what you need. If if you're fine and wins, uh, a I hate you because I'm not. Uh, but if you're if you're fine and wins and are looking for some ratio help. Uh, he's he's worth it. Otherwise, if you're still chasing wins like most of us, then uh, find other options. Yeah, I, wins are so tight in my leagues. I'll probably just throw somebody who has a better chance, any chance. So I just don't really see Bassett having a chance in either of those to get the win. Now, Zach Wheeler's a five, right? No reason to overthink that. Correct. Good. All right. So as we finish up here, I have to actually click on who this is for Pittsburgh. Dylan Peters. DP. Oh, that's Dylan Peters. Yeah, I remember him with the Angels, but did he get correct DFA'd and claimed? He got some. He's he's over there. I believe that was the case. Uh, I mean, as you know, with the Reds, they struggle against many lefties, mm-hmm. and so that matchup on Monday the twenty seventh against against Cincinnati could be a nice one for him. Uh, but then at the end of the week, uh, he pick he would pick up the Reds again. So he's got a two step against the Reds this week. Mm-hmm. Like we we're just a minute ago, we were saying, "Hey, options." Like I would take Peters over Chris Bassett this week. You know, I hate to say it, but I think you're right. He was traded all the way back in July. I guess I just uh, missed it after the Angels DFA. The Reds have had their issues against lefties, and oh yeah, two step against the same team. I, I I'm willing to take my chance on a two step with Peters um, over Bassett, who may not go, uh, won't qualify for a win in either outing. Yeah, Peters only threw three innings his last time out, but he did throw five on September 14th. So you'd think he'd be able to go five for the win. And, yeah, the Reds against lefties. Ugh. I mean, they it's have bad. Castellanos. But aside from Castellanos, among right-handed bats, you really fear uh, against lefty starters. There are not very many. Now, the Padres, as they try to get in, they'll be relying on Vince Velasquez. Pass. That's just total desperation for that. Negative five. No. Yeah. Wow. I've been down this road and never again. So I'm going to go no. zero. I'm going to actually – I put zero down for Dylan Peters, but I think it's one. I'm going to go one. Actually, I'll go two because that's what I gave. I'm going to go three. I'm going to go one higher than you. Okay. Okay. Two and then three. And then I'm going to actually lower my bats at grade to a one. Had him as a two, but I'm going to go one. Um, so as we wrap things up, Chris Flexen, I saw he 
amazingly has like a top five ERA among qualified starters in the uh, good for him in the uh, AL. I know you got a hard out here, by the way, so we'll just power through these real quickly. Chris Flexen, I think, versus Oakland versus four. LAA, I think is a four. Yes, Chris Flexen four. They still have a shot at the wild card. He's still pitching. Uh, I give me a four. Logan Webb, I think, is a five. Logan Webb's been incredible this year. I agree. No reason to discount him at all. Yeah, good matchups for him, too, versus Arizona versus San Diego. Mods Michaelis, I can't really see it. Uh, I mean, he hasn't been that bad. Versus Milwaukee versus the Cubs, I'll give him – I guess he's kind of on that Dylan Peters tier for me, so I'll give him He's a, a three for me. All right. So, so uh, Michaelis, two for me and a three for you. Sorry here. I'm just making sure I can uh, repeat these at the end. Next up, we got Drew Rasmussen. What a run he's been on. Are you going to throw him at Houston at NYY? So tough matchups here for him. Uh, what's very impressive with Rasmussen has been his ability to really attack the strike zone. Extremely pitch efficient. Uh, problem is Houston uh, is a high contact team. Uh, and so that that outing could be really rough on him. Uh, I mean, it's no, it's no knock on Rasmussen, but that could be a, a playoff preview series. And so you have to wonder how much he's going to go uh, in that one. And then the, the final game of the season against the Yankees matchups and, and uh, conditions to me, this uh, in a normal situation, this is like a three, four, but right now this is like a two, three thing for me. And I'm going to say two, there's no knock on him. It's just the, the, right. the, uh, the situation uh, of the week. Impact. Right, I got a three, but I got you down for a two. Maybe I'm weighting his recent performance a little too much, but I got a one mark higher than you. Nobody for Texas. And then Hyunjin Ryu's on the IL right now with a neck injury. The Blue Jays hope it's only going to be one missed start, uh, but very tentative. I'm going to give him a four. Just He would be a five if completely healthy. Yeah, he's got the Yankees and he's got the uh, the Orioles to close the season out. So those, it's pretty good. Uh, pretty good matchups for him, assuming he's healthy. I like Josiah Gray long-term, but he's been struggling, and then he goes at Colorado. So, really, I'm going to give him a zero. And then gets Boston to close the year. So, yeah, yeah. no thanks. And I I love his I love his long-term potential. Well, thanks so much for filling in, man. Anything you want to mention to the listeners before we let you go? I'm not getting ready to do my accountability series about how the bold predictions went this year. Uh, I always aim to try to get about half of them right. I think this year I may have. Uh, usually I'm somewhere between 21 and 24, but this year feels uh, more successful uh, than other ones recently. And I think that reflects my own team standings because I'm, <laughs> I'm in the top. Uh, I'm not, I may win one league, but I'm in the top four in just about every one of my leagues uh, this year. And I played in seven or eight of them. So, um, doing well on that. And then it should be something going up today about Adam Duvall. So I've started some individual player deep dives last week. I did Bobby Dahlbeck. Um, and then this week did Adam Duvall because he is leading the National League and runs driven in this year out of nowhere. Uh, he's leading. And it's been, he has been two different hitters with, with guys on base. He's been amazing with nobody on base. He has been awful. Uh, and that you look at his overall numbers because there's a 50-50 split between those at-bats, but he's something like a 300-350-510 guy with dudes on base and then 190-240-280 with nobody on base. But he's driven in 97 runs with, uh, with men on base this year, uh, and it's been crazy because he's, he's got a sub-300 OBP. He's got a sub-230 batting average. 
and only two other guys in history have pulled off leading a league in RBIs with those numbers, and it's Tony Armas and Carlos Pena. That's it. I looked it up, and that's it. That's it uh, for driving in more than 100 runs with a sub-230 batting average. And then here's Duvall doing it this year. Well, that's a great stat. We'll look forward to all that work, Jason, to come. Again, thank you. Um, really appreciate your time, man. And sure. uh, I know you got to get out of here. So I'm going to recap these grades, but if you have to dip from the call. I do. Uh, completely understand. And uh, talk soon, okay, bud? All right, man. Take care. All Thanks. Right, see you, Jason. I will recap these grades here and then sign off. Ian Anderson, four. Keegan Aiken, zero. Chris Sale, five. Wade Miley, I say two, but Colette says zero. Herman Marquez, three. Tyler Anderson, I say one. Jason, two. Brady Singer, three. Walker Bueller, five. Trevor Rogers, four. Joe Ryan, four. Marcus Stroman, five. Corey Kluber, I say two. Colette, two, maybe three. Chris Bassett, one. Zach Wheeler, five. Dylan Peters, I say two. Jason, three. Vince Velasquez, zero. Chris Flexen, four. Logan Webb, five. Miles Michaelis, I say two. Jason, three. Drew Rasmussen, I say three. Jason, two. Hyunjin Ryu, four. And then Josiah Gray, zero. Thanks, everybody, for being with us throughout the season. We'll be back next Friday. No two-star starters, obviously, so... Todd and I will kind of be doing a season recap show. Hope you'll join us on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.